Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I want to welcome you to Secrets. You don't have to live in the dark. This is lesson four. And I'm going to open up today by showing you three pictures, okay? And uh, the first two you probably have at one time or another uh, looked at somewhere. But these are pictures that when you keep looking at them, you see different things. And the first one's real obvious that when you look at it, you know, the first thing I see is a chalice. But if you keep looking at it, all of a sudden you see two people facing each other, nose to nose, chin to chin. How many of you see both of those uh, images when you, when you look at that? It, it's pretty, pretty obvious. Take a look at this second one. Uh, the first thing I noticed when I looked at this is a silhouette of a man playing the saxophone. But if you keep looking at it, all of a sudden a woman's staring at you and you see this lady staring at you. How many, how many see both of those images here? Yes. The next one, I didn't see it until I was preparing these notes and it freaked me out. See if it freaks you out. Take a look at this picture. And I'm looking at it and the first thing I saw was a guy staring at me. But then all of a sudden the guy is staring at that wall and then he's staring at me and I don't know if it freaked me out because it's an actual photo you know and then when he's staring at the wall you see an ear growing out the back of his head that's kind of freaky too but but it's amazing so so can you see him looking at you and then he's looking over there does everybody see that listen we're, we're going to do something today so cool we're, we're going to take a look at the bible and how that when you look at the bible it's not just two-dimensional it's not just like this where you're seeing two things the bible is actually three-dimensional and uh, we're going to take a look at how you, you can look at it, someone else can look at it. You can see one thing, they can see something else. You could see two things, but not a third thing. Or you can see all three. And we're going to just take a look. It's very much like these pictures, except it goes into that third dimension. And I just want you to walk out today uh, understanding uh, that, that this lesson's all about what I call secret insights. And God wants you to see some things in the Bible that no one else can see. As a matter of fact, here's my big idea for this lesson. It's real simple, and it goes, God wants you to see what others can't see. That's the big deal. He wants to show you things that when people look at the Bible, they, they just don't see it, but he wants you to see it in the scriptures. So here's what will help us understand this. Uh, the, the Bible can be seen in three layers, okay? And layer number one is what I would call history. It's a historical book, and you can, you can see history in the Bible. You can learn about, you know, there was this man named Abraham, and Abraham had a son named Isaac, but then he had a son also, you know, named Ishmael. You can learn all kinds of historical things, and anyone, Christian or not, can see history in the Bible. This past July, just a, just a month ago, Gene and I were in Chicago, and we, uh, we had our grandchildren. We had a blast with them. It was just us and, and Joey and Riley. And um, Gina said, you need to go downtown one day. So she said, tomorrow I'll take the kids to a public pool and we'll just swim. And she said, you should jump on a train, go downtown. So I did. Jumped on a train, went downtown, had an incredible time in downtown Chicago. And I'm ending my day and I don't feel like taking a train back. And I just felt like I'm going to call a cab. So I called a cab and the cab comes to pick me up. Uh, had a guy in a restaurant. I was actually at the chop house eating a steak and said, call me a cab. So he had a cab waiting for me. And, and so I come out and, and uh, jump in the cab and, and I have a young driver. I found out he was 29 years old. Uh, he said, call me Sully. I could not 
could not say his first name, so I called him Sully. And I found out his father was a general in the Iraqi army after Saddam fell. So he, he was friends with the generals in the American army. And Sully was an interpreter for the American military. He said they paid him 250000 a year as an interpreter. That's, that's amazing. And uh, he, said, he said, your military soldiers are the best in the world. He said, they're crazy and they're tough. And he's telling me all about our soldiers. And, and so I'm just asking questions. And so uh, I said, what are you doing in Chicago? He said, well, I, I want to go to school. So I'm driving a cab and working my way through school and, and that type of thing. And, and he says, I have a family, I have children. So I said, well, you're probably a Muslim. He said, yeah, I'm a Muslim. I said, so uh, tell me about your faith. And he begins to tell me about his faith. And uh, so as, as we're going along, he says to me, he goes, what about you? He goes, who are you and what do you do? And I said, well, I said, I pastor a Christian church in Ohio. He goes, no way. I said, yeah. And uh, I said, so in light of that, I said, what do you think about Jesus? And then he smiles. He goes, us Muslims, we love Jesus. And I said, well, well, what does that mean? I said, I, I, need to, I need to know what that means. And he said, well, he said, uh, we believe Jesus is a prophet. And he said, we believe that he was a good man. And I said, Sully, that's awesome. That's incredible. I said, you, you realize us Christians believe one more thing about Jesus. He said, what's that? I said, we believe that he's the son of God, that he created everything. He came and took upon himself flesh. We're like, about 15 minutes now from my destination in the suburbs, and the door's just opening. So I'm sharing the good news with him, and, and I said, we believe he died for our sins, and God raised him from the grave, and whoever calls on him will be saved. And so then I go for my closer. I said, what do you think about that, Sully? Because I'm not ready for that. And uh, I, I said, you know what, Sully, that's okay. I said, is it okay if I, I pray for you? I said, I want to pray for you, and I've been praying for Sully and I gave him our website. I said, if you go on this site, you can watch me preach. So he promised me, Sully, how you doing? And uh, <laughs> that, that he'd be on the site. Let me tell you, Sully's an incredible young man. He's a good young man. And the difference between him and I is he sees Jesus historically. And I saw Jesus by the third layer, which we're going to show you in a moment. There's, there's the difference. Well, the second layer is informationally. It's just information. And you can find out all kinds of information in the Bible, and that's good. It, it enhances our lives as Christians. Nothing wrong with information. Now, when our kids were young, our pediatrician was Hindu. And him and I went to lunch several times, and, and we're talking faith at lunch. And, and I found out he grew up in India, and he went through Methodist schools. And do you know that he could quote entire books of our Bible? He could, he could quote chapters and and he could quote one scripture after another. He could quote the Bible way better than I can. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I hope he doesn't ask me to quote a chapter because <laughs> I can't quote one chapter anywhere in the Bible. And, and uh, so I'm just hoping. And, and this guy knew more of the Bible than, than, and could quote it. It was amazing. But again, him and I had had many conversations about Jesus. And he was like Sully. He didn't see him at this third layer a wonderful man. I love running into him in town. Great guy. Here's the third layer, and it's just simply revelation. And this is, this is where the difference is made. This is when you see Jesus or you see the Bible through revelation, it radically changes you. Everything changes. So it's true once we see Jesus, but then as Christians, listen, you can see information, you can see history, but what God wants to do is give you revelation 
of the scripture. So uh, another story, my, my, this is my life story. Most of you in this room have a similar one, uh, something close to it. I grew up in traditional uh, Christian church. So I, I grew up very traditional and uh, I went through parochial school. So in parochial school, we had religion class, I think it was three times a week, and I did that all the way through school. My senior year, I transferred to public school. And uh, I knew all kinds of things about God. I sat, my mom and dad never allowed us to miss a Sunday. I sat through church. And so I have a business, my brother Tony and I, it's a gym, it was in Boardman, and a client came up and he paid me extra to train him, and this guy wouldn't stop talking about Jesus. His name was Lou, and most of you know the story. And he aggravated me. You know why he aggravated me? He loved Jesus. And I look now and think, why wouldn't I have thought that was good? I was supposed to be a Christian. But I called him a Jesus freak. I made fun of him. I tormented the guy. And one day, about three months into it, he called me and said, turn the TV on. I turned the TV on. Christian show. He told me to watch. I knelt down at the end and I said, Jesus, I believe in you and I accept you as my Savior revelation of Jesus came and I'm telling you all of a sudden I couldn't wait to see Lou I wanted to go to coffee with Lou I went to Bible studies with Lou something changed and it was just simply God opened up something that I couldn't see and he does that for us as Christians as we grow and go along with the, with with the Bible so that's called revelation let me show you how it worked uh, this is pretty cool let me show you how it worked in in Matthew 16 13 when Jesus arrived in the villages of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, what are people saying about who the Son of Man is? What's the word about me on the street? Verse 14, they replied, some think he's John the baptizer, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. So they're just telling Jesus, people think you're somebody that died and you came back to life. So Jesus says, and how about you? Who do you say I am? And this was amazing. Peter spoke up, and he didn't put his foot in his mouth. He literally knew the answer. Peter, if you read the Bible, was not the sharpest tool in the shed. And, and uh, I think he shocked everyone. Here's what he said. Verse 16, Simon Peter said, You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Everyone's shocked. And the other guys aren't sure if he's right or wrong. They're looking at Jesus to see, was that the right answer, Jesus? And what he, what he literally said is, You are the Savior of the world, you are God the Son, you came to save us. And listen to how Jesus reacted. Jesus came back, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And that's what happened to me when I met Christ. That's where I was before I met Christ. God opened the door and showed me. I like to say this about revelation knowledge, whether it's about Jesus or scriptures once we're a Christian. You know, we live in a culture today where we're hearing it every week. One of our major corporations, international corporations, uh, our government, a department of our government, they're being hacked. And we hear about these guys are hacking in and they're getting all this information, social security numbers, emails, names. And just this past week, it was a crazy week for some people because uh, the Ashley Madison site, the adultery site where you can have an affair on it, you know, uh, somebody hacked it and they released all the names. So there's a bunch of nervous people out there uh, this past week. And some crazy names already came out. Here's what I want you to know. 
No one has ever and no one will ever hack revelation. It's not hackable. And the only way to see it is for God to show it to you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this. If our enemy, the devil, if he knew that Jesus was going to redeem mankind, he would have never, ever allowed him to be put to death. You know, he inspired people to hate him, and he inspired crowds to turn against Jesus. The Bible says if he knew what was going to happen, he would have never, ever did what he did. But guess what? He had history. He had information. He knew what the Bible said, but only God can open up your eyes to what he's really saying in the scriptures. And that's what I want to talk to you today about. If you're not a Christian, I'm, I prayed, I am believing God opened, opened your eyes up and you say, I'm ready to accept him today like I did when I was a young guy. But then for all the rest of us that are Christians, listen, man, I want you to begin to desire for God to open up your eyes deeper to the scriptures. And understand, I'm not talking about something weird, you know. I'm not talking about me coming up next week and saying, oh, God spoke to me and showed me something that's way beyond the Bible, dude. I'm not talking about that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about God opening up a scripture and helping you see more clearly in, in that scripture. And here's how it happens. And if you understand how it happens, you can cooperate with it. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says this, Haven't you yet learned that your body is the home of the Holy Spirit uh, God gave you and that he lives within you? Your own body does not belong to you. And boy, you talk about, you can see this at different levels of revelation too. But here's all I want you to see at this moment. The Holy Spirit lives inside every Christian. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit's inside you. The Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father. He's as much God as God the Son. My mind can't figure it out, but the Bible says the three are one. It's amazing. And when you accept Christ, he comes to live inside you. And he does a lot of great things in us. But you know the number one thing he wants to do? It's an amazing thing. Listen to John 14, 26, and it reads like this. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything, and he will remind you of everything I have told you. One of the main things the Holy Spirit wants to do is teach you. And what he, when he teaches you, he opens your eyes up to revelation. He doesn't teach like I'm teaching right now. That's not how he teaches. Um, he teaches by taking, pulling the covers off, the blinders off. He puts more light on the subject. He helps you to understand it. He helps you to realize what God's really saying. And when he does that, it changes everything. So one of my favorite parts of church... I really enjoy teaching. It's fun to me. I enjoy studying. It's fun to me. But the most fun part of my weekend is saying hi and, and greeting people in the lobby. I absolutely love it. I can't wait to get out there and shake hands and talk to people. It's the most fun part of my weekend. And you know what happens out there in the lobbies? Almost on a weekly basis, someone will come up to me and they'll say, you said such and such today and it changed my life. I'll never be the same. And I smile, and, and, and I'm so excited for him, but I also know I didn't say that. Because, um, you know, I know what I'm saying. I preached my message four times last night in my office all the way through before I came out and preached it here. I got up early this morning and preached it before I preached it in first service. So, I mean, I don't know how many times that is, but I know every word that I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. And not that God doesn't take me different directions, but I know exactly what I'm saying, and I'm standing there, and I'm smiling, and you know what I know? 
while I was teaching, the Holy Spirit was teaching. And God took something I said and he spoke to their hearts. And they, it's hard for you to differentiate where it's coming from, but those are the things that radically change you forever when you can see something that God makes real to you. And in my life, the most radical changes as a Christian have always come when God opened up my eyes to a scripture that I already knew. I knew the information, knew some of the history, but all of a sudden God made it real to me and he brought it to life for me. And all of a sudden it's the most incredible, awesome thing that ever happened. And that's when I radically change. That's when I say, you know what? And I knew this scripture for years, but you know the Bible teaches us that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature, a new person. The old man died, a new man came in, that we're righteous and we're holy and blameless in God's sight. I had that information down. I taught it for years, but I'll never forget the day when God just opened my eyes up. And I walked out of a time of just reading the Bible, and, and, I, and, and, and I saw it, and I'm like, I'm no longer crazy, Joe. I'm no longer insecure, Joe. I am a new person on the inside, and I am holy. And when you see it for what it's saying, and the covers come off of it, and your eyes can see it, it's radical change because all of a sudden insecurities go all of a sudden you realize hey man i'm not that guy that i've been i think i'm that guy but i'm not that guy i'm a different guy and you begin to see god just open your eyes up to it listen to some of the things paul said in first corinthians about the holy spirit chapter 2 verse 10 but we know about these things because god has sent his spirit to tell us and his spirit searches out and shows us all of God's deepest secrets. Isn't that cool? The deepest secrets of God he wants to uncover and show you. Listen to verse 12. And God has actually given us his spirit, not the world's spirit, to tell us about the wonderful free gifts of grace and blessings that God has given us. Can you see God's blessed you a lot. Holy Spirit wants to open your eyes up to it. Listen to verse 14. And we've all had this happen. But the man who isn't a Christian can understand and can't accept these thoughts from God, which the Holy Spirit teaches us. They sound foolish to him because only those who have the Holy Spirit within them can understand what the Holy Spirit means. Others just can't take it in. They want to, but they can't. How many of us as Christians, we try to share something with somebody, and they just stare at us, man, like a deer looking in the headlights. They say, what? And this is what Jesus meant when he said, don't cast your pearls before swine, he said, they'll come at you and bite you and claw you. And what did Jesus mean by that? Well, swine or pigs are referring to non-believers, non-Christians. And he's not saying they're bad. You know, in the Bible, the swine or the pig was considered unclean in the Old Testament. And what God's saying is if someone hasn't been cleaned up by the Holy Spirit, if they haven't uh, saw Jesus for who he is, and God hasn't washed their sins away, they can't receive these things. And so our pearls, the thing God shows us, we have to be pretty select with who we open up to. If we open up to someone that's not ready, they won't understand us, and it might even anger them. But it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can show us that no one else can see. Listen to verse 15. But the spiritual man has insights into everything, and that, brothers, and that bothers and baffles the man of the world who can't understand him at all. You know, one of the things I want you to walk out today never saying again is, I can't understand the Bible. I forbid you to ever say, I can't understand the Bible. I'm going to be in your face if I ever hear you say, 
I can't understand the Bible because you can understand the Bible. The teacher's inside you. And if you go into it not realizing that and thinking that you can understand, uh, you probably won't. But if you're a Christian, you can understand the Bible. You know, you don't have to be a scholar to understand the Bible. So I want to show you, I just want to show you two things you can do to activate the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and, and it's so awesome. The first one is you just simply acknowledge the Holy Spirit. And I'll show you two things that can happen to the Holy Spirit. If you don't acknowledge him, there's two things you can do to the teacher inside of you. Here's the first one. He can be quenched, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. To be quenched means to put the fire out. It means to suppress. And it's easy for you and I to quench the Holy Spirit. So I'll, I'll help you understand this. Uh, growing up, I grew up with seven brothers, or six brothers, no sisters, and our family was the quietest family. You think an Italian family wouldn't be quiet. We were so quiet. Now, we got in a lot of fist fights, my brothers and I, and things like that with each other, broke furniture in the house. But when we were sitting around the table, we each took our turn. And uh, one of us would say something, the other one would wait, and then they'd say what they want. Nobody would change the subject, and someone else would say something. Some, everything was just prim and proper. And then I met my wife, and uh, her family's crazy. So I go to Chicago to meet her mom, uh, one of her siblings I hadn't met, and a bunch of cousins. And so we're, we're, we're together, and it's kind of like everybody got together to meet me for the first time. And we're in a living room, and they got to talking, and it was utter chaos. I mean, first of all, they're, they're so quick-witted. I am not quick-witted. They are the quickest witted people I've ever met in my life and they can think something up like that and they're just throwing stuff in and throwing stuff in and I'm sitting there like oh, oh it's so fast that's way beyond my speed limit and, uh, and and then I'm thinking they're not polite at all she just talked over him and so on and so forth well then I'd think of something to say and and by the time someone took a breath they were three subjects down the road and it didn't even make sense anymore so I shut down they quenched 24-year-old Joey. I was quenched. And I, ju I just didn't say a word. And Gina started looking at me. And we don't know each other that well. We're engaged at the time. So when we were all alone that night, we're, we're outside. We took a walk. She said, um, she said, did I say something to offend you? I said, no, not at all. She said, why didn't you say a word? I said, honey, your family's crazy. <laughs> I said, I never met anybody talk so much. You, you talk... You guys interrupt each other. I said, it's crazy. I said, I wanted to say something, but every time I tried, I couldn't. And then the subject changed. And, and I'm like, honey, I, I said, we just don't do that in my family. And she's laughing. She said, you'll get used to it. I, I still can't. I, I still can't. I'm just not that good, okay? So how does that work for you and I? Listen, listen, guys. I think we can get so busy um, with this world, and this world has so many good things, but we can become so busy on this world that everything in our life is all about this world and the Holy Spirit's waiting to speak something in our life and we're, we just don't even give him a chance. We just don't take that minute to sit and, and be still and uh, it's just so good sometimes to just say, I'm going to sit down, I'm just going to read my Bible and, and I'm going to have five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes and just allow God and then to go through our day and put our mind on God once in a while and say, you know, talk and pray. It's amazing what he'll do if you do that. You won't quench him. And here, here's, here's the second thing we can do. Uh, he can be grieved. Ephesians 4.30 says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And it's possible to grieve him. We grieve him by the lifestyle we live. If we're living the lifestyle style contrary to what we, we know the Bible tells us to do, 
he'll be grieved and he'll shut down when he's grieved. This reminds me of my wife because, um, you know, my two boys, Joe and Dave, and then my two daughters are dating uh, Corey and Steve. And uh, when we're all together, us guys, and Gina's there, all we do is talk sports. And it's sports, sports, sports. We're talking about the game and just talking about sports. And one night, we're talking about sports, having a great time. And I look at my wife, and she had the saddest look on her face I'd ever. I just looked, and she was so sad. And I thought, I wonder if I said something to offend her. So later that night, I said, honey, did I say something to offend you? She said, oh, no. I said, you look so sad. You, you just look sad. She said, honey, I hate sports. And I said, she said, I just, it just grieves me to sit and listen to you guys talk about sports. And I thought, well, that's what happens to the Holy Spirit sometimes when we begin to live a lifestyle that's contrary to what we know God wants us to live. It can shut them down. So that's why I say acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Hey, the Holy Spirit's living inside of you recognize that he's there. He wants to do some amazing things for you. And then the second thing you can do to activate the teacher at a higher level is just simply ask God to do it. So get a hold of this one. Uh, th this is out of Ephesians, and it's one of the most famous prayers in all the Bible, Ephesians 1.16. Paul says, I have not stopped giving thanks to God for you. I remember you in my prayers. So what kind of prayers did the Apostle Paul pray for the church at Ephesus? All the Christians. Verse 17. And ask the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you uh, the Spirit, or literally more of the Spirit, who will make you wise and reveal God to you so that you will know Him. And notice how he's just praying for God to give more of the Spirit to them. Listen to the next verse, verse 18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see. And I'm not going to read. He prayed for them to see three things, wonderful things, you can read that later, but all I want you to see here is this. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see. These are Christians. They're already Christians. And he's praying for God, the Holy Spirit, to flood them with light so they can see and understand the scriptures. This is incredible. Uh, I pray this way for all of you, but you can also pray this way for yourself, for your kids, your grandkids, your parents. Ask God to open up their understanding all you're doing is saying, Holy Spirit, help them see the revelations in the scriptures because that's what changes us. Let me tell you a story. When I was a young pastor, some of you have been with us from day one. I was more of a classroom teacher, like a you know, professor in a Bible school. And I threw, I, I threw four or five Greek words out every message. And, and I would give all this history and I would give a lecture because that's what I, I love to listen to lectures. I listen to lectures all the time. But very few people like that. And, and, uh, and, 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 and I would just teach that way. And one day I was reading this and God opened up my eyes. I, I had a revelation. God opened up my eyes. And this is what I mean by revelation. Notice how it goes to a different layer of what you're seeing. I had a revelation and God spoke this to my heart. He said, Joe, do you know that Paul was writing Greek when he wrote this? I said, yeah. He said, you know the people he wrote to spoke Greek? I said, yeah. He said, so they knew the language, right? I said, yeah. So, so then he said, you know, they lived in their culture, right? I said, yeah. So he said, they knew the culture. I said, yeah. And then this is the word he spoke to me. He said, they still didn't know the Bible. And Paul said, they still didn't understand it. And that's when the light went on. And I realized this goes beyond information. This goes beyond history. God has to open up our eyes. 
and I began to teach different, and I began to pray for people different, and now whenever I'm teaching, you know what I'm expecting? I'm expecting for the light to go on in people's hearts and for people not just to hear the information, but for God to open up their understanding. And that changed the very way I communicate, and you know what else it did? It changed the way I pray for people, and it changed the way I pray for myself. This morning, I woke up early. Gina's, Gina's back in Chicago with my daughter, Michelle, and my son, David, and uh, Michelle's boyfriend, Steve. So she's at her father's lake house uh, just north of Chicago. And I woke up at 4.30, and I'm wide awake. And so I thought, I'm going to pray, and I'm just... So, so I, I, just, I just thought, I'm going to just take some time and just pray. And I began to pray for you and began to pray for myself, began to think about today. And it's amazing what happens when you do that. God just begins to activate all kinds of things in yourself, as opposed to if I would have got up at 7 and rushed and ran in here. There's a difference. And I just want to encourage you to allow God to change your life forever by just making these simple little acknowledgments. The Holy Spirit's there, and Lord, let them open up my eyes. I trust I made some sense. Now, we need to pray. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Lord, I did my best to teach this incredible part of the Bible. And Lord, now all of us are going to take a minute. Guys, let's take a minute. Would you whisper any prayer you have for God in this area? And Lord, here's my prayer. I ask you to open up our eyes. Lord, open up our eyes to all the scriptures. Change us forever. Make the Bible come alive. Give us revelation. Lord, it can't be hacked, but you said you want to give it to us. And right now, just take a second. Would you let God know, hey, I, I need understanding in this part. I need understanding that. Or tell God, this is my problem. Can you cause the Bible to come alive to radically change me in this area? Take a second and do that. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Now, we can stay in an attitude prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, you know, not often in a message do I talk about salvation like I did today. But if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I believe Jesus died for the sins of the world. I believe God raised him from the dead. And you say, you know what? I'm ready today. I'm ready today to accept him. I believe he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe he died for my sins. If you're here and you say, that's me, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. And today, I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.